Welcome to this edition of the Helix and Gene Medical Wellness Center podcast. Um, so today we are coming back to start our podcast. We took a little break for a couple of months in the summer, and we're ready to kick it off again. I'm here, as always, with my buddy John DeLimpio, our co-host. What's up, John? What's up, Sam? How's it going? And uh, what better way to kick it off with the first guy we started with uh, when we started the podcast, Dr. Gary Gaselter. Welcome back, Doc. Hey, Sam. John, thank you so much. Sure. Excellent, excellent. So, Gary, you know, um, a lot's happened <laughs> since our first podcast uh, in so many ways. Uh, and one of the things that I just kind of want to get on a little bit is, uh, you know, you were in good shape when we did the first podcast. You're in fantastic shape now. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about that uh, lovely journey you've been on? Uh, Absolutely, Sam. I want to make a big shout out to to you and obviously Laurie Graham. Uh, I was looking back at the show notes Uh and the first podcast from the Helix Gene Wellness uh, Center was May 4th this year yeah and I went back in my schedule to see where we were at and we were exactly two months away from my daughter's wedding Uh, Amy got married on the 4th of July congrats on that and you were there yeah it was phenomenal and uh, as you said an enormous amount happened another thing that happened that was kind of completely unrelated to that was we bought a new race car (laughs) <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> nice. <laughs> and why is that relevant? Because I showed up at the gym with you one Saturday morning, and I said, uh, "I bought this really fast new race car that is much more physically demanding, and I need to improve my my fitness and my my endurance capacity." And you said, "You need to meet Laurie Graham." Yeah. Uh, and uh, so we arranged a Friday afternoon, the following Friday afternoon after that conversation. And uh, Laurie sat down with me and she said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a metabolic reset. And I said, uh, no, we're not. She said, yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, She doesn't take no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's Laurie. And she said, I know what your goals are. I know you want to improve your, your endurance. I know you want to improve your your." isotonic strength, whatever it is you need for, for fancy race car driving, but you got to start at the beginning. And she then showed me the manual and it made no sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) It, it, it was absolutely contrary to what I wanted to do. I have been working out with you for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, we have laid down a foundation of, of, uh, muscle strength some muscle growth, old muscle, as you call it. Yeah. Uh, I've always had issues with flexibility. And Laurie said, in order for you to get to the next level, you've got to do this. And then she started going through the fundamentals. Yeah. And that is just the diet, right? I always yeah. remember you saying that, you know, abs are made in the kitchen. And, and if I looked at my up, upper body, I had some upper body strength, but I was never happy with what was going on below my, my rib cage. Yeah. And then we started this, and it was like 11 days or 12 days to the wedding. And Laurie said, if you stick to this, uh, you will lose about eight pounds. And I did exactly that. And, and just to fast forward to where we are today, I'm eating a lot better than I did. I've not been that drastic as we were in, in phase one of, of sure. the Helix yeah. and Gene thing. But my weight fluctuates by two pounds every day, and we measured on that on that. Uh, uh, Bluetooth scale. Can you talk a little bit about how you felt during that phase one? Because it is a, you know, it, 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 it's essentially hitting the reset button and cleaning out your system at a rapid pace. Yeah. So, so she explained it to me and obviously I have a medical background, so I could <laughs> kind of uh, understand what was real and what was BS and it was all, all real. Um, to answer your question the long way around, I understood that she had to clear out all of the glycogen in my liver. Yeah. So uh, if you're going to do that, uh, so it's going to take a draconian change in your diet. And she said to me, don't worry, you're going to have four meals a day. And I said, oh, that's okay. She said, your first and your last meal are going to be a kiwi fruit and apple. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I suppose that qualifies as a meal because you're putting something in your mouth. <laughs> and, <laughs> 
And she said, your first meal will be at 10 a.m. Your last meal will be at 8 p.m. Um, and the two middle meals will be at around 2 and 6. And those are going to be your protein meals. But you're not going to be able to have any oils or fats. You're going to have uh, tuna in. And I kind of just stuck to one thing because yeah. I didn't have time to figure it out, you know, how to make it taste better. But it was going to be tuna in water yeah. on a bed of arugula and then a piece of grilled chicken with a dry rub on some other leafy vegetable, but no tomatoes, no avocado, nothing. And and it amounted to 550 calories. Yeah. And I had to work, bearing in mind that my daughter was getting married, I needed a, a period of time that I was away from work because we had family coming in from all over the world. So I had to work, pay it forward in terms of work. Yeah. So there was one day in which we did two massive pancreatic cancer surgeries, and I wilted very quickly. So my physical ability to work was, was restricted, mm. and, and I knew that was going to happen, but fortunately my team sort of held, held me up while we did it. And, and uh, it, was, it was a physically and emotionally draining, but, but truly a, an, an epiphany. It just felt unbelievable when you saw how your metabolism changed. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that I think a lot of people, when they first come in, they get a little frightened because they don't, you know, they subconsciously realize they're about to undergo this huge change. And, you know, when you're actually, like you said, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up, clearing out the glycogen in the liver, like that is so essential to cleansing your system and resetting your body because, you know, there's also no glucose spike. So there's no insulin spike at all throughout this process. So your body learns to level out as everything gets cleared out. And that provides a very, very tough physical and mental state to get through for a short period of time before that switch turns on internally. Yes, exactly. So, so your body is looking for glycogen um, and, and uh, uh, carbohydrate metabolism. You burn all of that out. In, in my case, must have been about a week. Yeah. And then it starts looking for the second line of the yeah. treatment, which is second line of, uh, of energy, which is fat. Yeah. And, and once you've, you reach that point, then you just see sort of the weight drop off. And, and you know, all the work you've done over the past 20 years to create a body suddenly starts becoming visible. I haven't changed my workout routine much. Uh, I try to work out every morning, as you know, yeah. uh, half an hour a day just to, to sort of get the metabolism burning. Um, but, but this was a metabolic reset. It was a, it was a mental reset. It changed so much of, of my, my sort of Changes your view, yeah. Changes the way you look at food. Changes the way you take on your daily tasks. You know, those are physical responses created, you know, through through nutrition, but they have a deep mental and almost like a spiritual enlightening effect within you as well. Because when your body is clean, see, that's what people don't get. When your body is clean. Mm -hmm. It operates very, very different. You know, we're constantly putting these toxins in our system. And we rarely ever people take the time to just hit a reset button for 21 days, for 42 days, to just say, okay, you know what? My, I owe my liver <laughs> this for working so hard. You know, let me just hit this button and I will feel so much better. And I'm happy that you did that. And, you know, one of the things that we saw was... Like you said, for 20 years we've been training. You've put on what I call old man muscle. And when you did this program, all of a sudden, I've never seen you look like this in 20 years, by the way, which is like, I mean, this guy right now has abs and he's shredded. It's crazy. And he never thought he was going to get that in his midsection. Strong, too. Very Incredibly strong, strong, too, yeah. by the way. I mean, pound for pound, very strong. So, you know, and how old are you? 61. 61. So, you know, Gary took this commitment for himself on while performing major surgery, <laughs> you know, and, and doing the type of work that he does. And guess what? His body reacted. His Everything worked out. How much of that weight have you gained back since you did the cleanse and started reintroducing foods back into your system the proper way? That's an interesting question. <clears throat> uh uh, when I started this, and this is all recorded in 
in the uh, the Bluetooth scale that we have, um, my starting weight was 154 pounds. So I wasn't exactly obese. Mm. Um, at the time of Amy's wedding, 11 days later, I was 146. I'm now 141. Mm. <laughs> and I'm eating, I'm eating pretty much what I want, uh, reading, uh, eating at, at, a, at a regular paced interval. Um, I try some uh, version of, of intermittent fasting, uh, which we can talk about later. Uh, but um, I've managed to not just keep weight off, but get rid of unnecessary fat. And, um, and my whole outlook has changed. And, and, and this is just not in, in the physical appearance. It's in the performance. So yeah. That's what I was going to ask about endurance, especially for your race cars. Yeah. So, so everything kind of starts working into this, this kind of heightened level of performance. Um, as you know, I've been racing competitively now for the past eight years, mm. and I've, I've been a consistent midfield racer. You know, most people that I race against are, are what we call go-kart kids, uh, kids whose fathers put them into go-karts when they were five or six, and they've, they've grown up racing. And most of the guys of my age in, in vintage racing are, are guys who've been doing it for, for a minimum of 25 years. Yeah. And so I was always trying to play catch up. And all of a sudden, I, I won the trifecta. In the last national championship race of our, our biggest vintage racing organization, SVRA, I, uh, I, in, in a field of 35 cars, or thereabouts, I got the pole position and then won both races, including the national championship race. And, wow. and I'm not just saying this for self-pride, but when I went back to my race engineer, he said to me, your physical conditioning coupled to your mental conditioning was what made this change. So it, it just elevated it to a completely different level. And, and there is a self-pride in, in, in appearance. You know, you look at a person who's obese and they're happy. They're not really happy. They want to be. They want to be thin. They want to be flexible. They want to to look better than they do. Uh, and 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 even in the very small changes that really happened to me, it made an enormous difference to my to my psyche, to my mental and physical preparedness. And and obviously, you know, I'm a professional physician, and and what professionals have to do in their job is they've got to be able to function at their best whenever called upon to do that. Yeah. In athletics and sports and, and, and sort of what I call club events, you know, there are good days and bad days, days when you're in the zone when right. you're not. This, this helps you get into the zone in all of those other aspects. It obviously doesn't hurt uh, how, you, how you perform your professional I remember job. you talked about that in our last podcast about how um, sometimes you can rely on being in the zone, but sometimes you're not there, but you have to be unconsciously. I, I forget, what was the phrase that you used? Like unconsciously something? Well, we, we, it's the phases of acquiring a new skill. You know? Right, so, right. And, and at, the, at the top of that is unconsciously competent. So that's you, it, you're yeah. doing things that your body is prepared for, and that's kind of being in the zone. Mm. You know, it's a golf swing is a good example. You mm. know, being unconsciously competent is being able to swing without having to think about each component of the golf swing. Mm -hmm. And that's how you learn. You start from being un or consciously incompetent and then through the phases. So this brings us to the Taoist philosophy of, you know, let the flow take you to flow, you know. And once you're in the flow, you it's effortless. You're one with everything that you're doing. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, there's a big mental component and a spiritual component behind what you accomplished that is almost like, you know, unseen or unnoticed. And I just kind of want to bring that out. You know, when you came before you did this program with Lori and I, um, Gary walks into the office and he's literally like a little kid in a candy store. I just got a new race car. The G-force of this car has to be X, and my weight has to be Y, and in order for me to hit the turn at this rate, I have to be, and I'm just sitting there, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I'm like, so, That's you know. That's nice, Gary. That's yeah, nice. So, yeah. right. But, 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 like, I understand what he's saying. And, and right. what I'm trying to say is the motive behind the change was he connected it to the flow for him 
that allowed him to feel, you know, like a little kid again with excitement. And that kind of drive and motivation that you find internally puts you on the path, allows your life to flow the right way so you can make these type of commitments and choices no matter what the daily circumstances may look like. And you found that, you connected it, you understood that we could get you there and you trusted us and this transformation almost started happening effortlessly, with effortlessly within the flow. And it got you to a point where now your demeanor is more calm, but you haven't lost an ounce of intensity, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I, being somebody that knows you very well, you know, I, I see that. And, you know, it's good to not just have that on the external world, but internally really be at a very good, healthy level. Like you go, you get your numbers checked at this point, you know aside from mentally feeling great and physically looking good, right. internally you're operating as a A-plus machine. Well, so so let's sort of break it down a little. Um, there's obviously been a platform of, of what I call a lifelong exercise, right? I inherited that from my dad. Uh, my father had an exercise routine that was the same and is still the same. Right. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, he runs. And the difference was that when he did that, he didn't understand that you had to cross-train, you had to do some resistance exercises. And the consequence of that was that he remained thin and athletic, but his back gave in. And, and when I moved to the States in 1993, and soon after that, five years later, you and I met, we understood that there had to be sort of cross-training uh, physical uh, resistance exercise and flexibility and, and we started adopting these these things the the piece that was missing with me was was diet um, and and over the years we you know, we built muscle you said old man muscle um, but I saw in you a spirituality that that came with the physical exercise with the discipline. I said it in the last podcast, my wife is an unbelievably disciplined person, thinks you're the most disciplined person <laughs> in the world. And and there's truth to that. And I take pride in being able to emulate you a little bit with that. Thank but you. Let's That's take, a big compliment. Let's take it to another <clears throat> level, right? So so I connect with a lot of people in my job and, and in my neighborhood. And I'm seeing more and more people that have seen me that I've connected with, with Helix and Gene who are are drinking this Kool-Aid, yeah. right? And 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 I'll tell you, um, there is a person I'm not going to mention her name, but she's very prominent in in uh, in the medical field. And and somebody came up to me who knows her and said, "Have you seen her lately?" And I said, "No, I haven't." She said, "She's looking unbelievable." And I said, "Wow, that's interesting because, unbeknown to that person, three months ago, she came to me and said, "I really do." I really do not like the way I look and it's making me feel bad, even though I'm successful and, and I'm really doing fantastically well. There's something in my core that's not good. And I said to her, you got to speak to Lori and Sam. And I haven't spoken to her in a while, but I connected She's with her last week. <laughs> so, so, so these are people who, who it's becoming an organic distribution of mm. what Helix and Gene is all about. And it's not just the diet. We spoke about the rudimentary stuff and 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 diet and and exercise and flexibility. But it's it's the motivational piece that comes with how you, how your organization um, manages and, and, and handles people. I think that's one of the most important parts too, because yeah. you know the standard diet programs are a dime a dozen. But you know, as a coach myself with the program, it's it's you really build a rapport with these clients to a level that. You, you almost see them as friends, yeah. you know, family even. Yeah. And I think that gives people the extra boost sometimes during, especially during workouts, intense workouts or intense parts of the program where they, they really feel like they they have someone that they can talk to about it that relates to them and that will listen. Well, John, sorry, um, mm. just on that note, yeah. right, our other colleague, John. Right, yeah. Um, was, he's a, a big-time executive. Right. Um I said to him one day, you fat. <laughs> and he said, how can you say that to me? And I said, well, hasn't anybody told you that before? 
And he said, I know I'm fat. What can I do about it? I said, you got to meet, you know, you got to meet the team. Mm. And, and people cannot believe in that transformation. But one of the things I learned, and I, he was on this program before I was. He's doing yeah, incredible. Yeah. And he's another guy who was he's like a beast. chubby and now he's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, we went to dinner one night and, and he ordered off the menu and I, I said, what's going on? And he said, well, I, uh, I told them that I was going out to dinner tonight. I didn't want to disappoint you by not going out. So I sent them the location. They looked up the menu and they told me what to order. And that was kind of his, mm. his safety net. He knew that he could go out. Everybody knew that he was going out and then told him what to eat. I mean, that's, a, that's, yeah. that's an unbelievable thing. And it's, it's the, a part of what you provide. The, the biggest value in what we do is, you know, Look, like John said, you know, <clears throat> anybody can give you a low calorie diet and you can lose weight. You know, it's coupling the science in a specific manner in which functions internally are done the way they're supposed to be with your patient. And it's providing them the support through that one on one coaching that they get on a daily basis that. I mean, I find to be the best part of the program. And, you know, the, the there's a, also with coaching, I, I want to clarify here, there is a dime a dozen coaches with coaching certifications, blah, blah, blah. Our people are educated professionals, like registered nurses who understand the caretake aspect of this. They've been in the field for X amount of years, and then they've gone through an extensive coaching program, and then they understand how to connect with you, but also teach you on a daily basis about your body, get you aware so you can see things that you normally wouldn't be able to see from a physical standpoint. You eat a certain food, you get on that scale on a low calorie diet, your weight jumps up a pound and a half when it shouldn't. There's a clear cut reaction that that's an inflammatory response that your body should not be taking in. Now, if someone's writing you a diet plan and you're just meeting with a nutritionist every other week, there is no way you're going to catch that. And to me, it's those little things that are the gold inside of what we're doing and, and, and where we are. And I, and I really pride us on that, you know, and, 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 I'm, and I, I, I'm tooting our horn and I, and I am boasting a little bit because I got to say, it is a, it, 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 that is something I didn't even expect that we could put together so well. And I'm so proud of our team mm -hmm. for being able to perform that at such a high level. And our clientele are intellectual people <laughs> like yourself who know this stuff, who, who go, you know, who understand a lot of them are doctors, doctors, like they, they lawyers, are, yeah. executives. So yeah. like, you know, these are people who get the science. So you have to, there's a, you know, you can't not know what you're talking about and handle our clientele. So, so I think where you should also take credit is in the communication between your team members on each of your, of your patients. Yeah. You know, so Sam knows what's happening with each person and the trainer and the nutritionist right. understands and they see where the, the little weaknesses may be coming in and they you, you preemptively get in, get in control and, and, and yeah. work in the mind of the, of the person. So, and I've seen that. And yesterday I, I was at Lake Success and I bump into another LLE, a lifelong exerciser, um, uh, Richie who is as thin as a rail, exercises every day, and he comes up to me and says, hey, Gary, I heard you and Dave have got this, this program. Dave was raving about how you're doing. And when I looked at Dave, I couldn't believe how fantastic he looked. Yeah. And, and these are people who, the three of us with Sam have worked in the same gym for 20 years together. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the guys is thin as a rail because that's his genetics. He's an ectomorph, and he does his usual routine, mainly aerobics, very little muscle stuff. Uh, never pushes himself to any uh, excessive resistance training. And Dave is somebody who has always been chubby and has always been working at it, but has always been there trying. He realized that by by committing to this program, yeah. it was going to take him to a different level. And 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 Rich said he couldn't believe how Dave's looking. So, so this is an organic thing. It's the neighborhood. A guy came to me and said, I heard that you and Dave are you know, on the same program. It, it must be fantastic. People see the results and, and they, they want in. 
They're but, curious. You know, but I got I, I to gotta say, I, and, and talking about Dave for one second, you know, and, and you know, I, I run into Doug, one, oh, of, Doug, one yeah. of your clients the other day, and Doug runs up to me, and he's like, I'm like, damn, how much weight have you lost? 24 pounds, I feel great. He goes, but, he goes, you know what I'm most happy about? I go, what? I'm off all my meds. Absolutely. And, 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 and I was like, boom, you know, because that is the ultimate goal. Like David had, you know, which obviously I can't get into, but he had a lot of things that we needed to maneuver. He has lowered almost all of his meds. He has gotten a education on functional medicine and how things work for him internally. And now he is actually challenging and pushing back against his doctor a little bit to perform this test to look for this thing. And the doctor is asking him, how do you even know about this kind of stuff? And right. I, that, that is what, when I started this company, that's where I wanted to go. I, I really, I, that's the direction that I think as a society, we need to move towards an understanding how to get yourself off of these things and get healthier and getting the doctors on board to do so. Yeah, so, so we've been talking pretty much about results and, and the mechanisms uh, of getting people engaged. Just to go back to my story, yeah. you know, you asked me how much weight I put back on. With that reset and the whole mental reset, the weight is no longer an issue, right. right? And and that speaks to the longevity of the program and the sustainability without much sort of ongoing coaching. Yeah. You and I talk about it all the time, sure. and I've sustained it. But but we can talk about the science. And Laurie really, you know, embeds herself in 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 exploring the science. Oh, big time! Um, you know, you you leak my age, um, <laughs> and. And in a way, it's become a badge of honor because, because when we look at, at, at aging and, and there's an enormous and, and burgeoning science on, on anti-aging or, or in improving your metabolic age, um, it's one thing getting a static uh, a metabolic age when you stand on a, on a Tanita scale and it sort of looks at the distribution of your body water, your body fat, your muscle yeah. mass and your bone density and it gives you an idea of where you are relative to, to the population uh, comparative. But it's a completely different thing when you get down into mitochondrial health and yeah. into myocytes, uh, this, whole, this whole concept of uh, um, senescence, which is, is how muscles age, how your body ages and how, how we can see what behaviors and manipulations, whether it's metformin or rapamycin uh, in, in altering DNA sort of methylation. So, so Laurie is into the science of this. Oh, yeah. And, and where I'm taking this is that we know one thing, and that is that regular exercise is the only thing that is known to be associated with an all-cause reduction in mortality, be it heart disease, cancer, and chronic illnesses. That's where we need to have people sort of focus on, and then the diet and the, and the other manipulations will will come with with coaching, and and whatever Helix and Gene provides. Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head, right? You have to provide the space for exercise. And I, I've always noticed with most people that come in, you know, if they're already people that have been in an exercise environment or enjoy working out, the success rate is much faster, much better, because it's it, it there's already a component within them that has sort of bought in and understands what this is. When someone comes in and they really haven't moved or they haven't moved in 10 years, you know, and we have those patients too that, you know, that have lost over a hundred pounds, you know, and, and are now doing things that they never ever thought that they could, you know, and it, it, physically, and, you know, we get, I get 
pictures sent to me of people you trying on dresses and sizes that they haven't in like 10 years. I can't tell you how good that makes me feel, <laughs> you know, that know that we are helping these people mentally and physically get there. But, you know, not getting not getting off the subject. We also have these people that have these big, serious health issues because they are so heavy. And, and, you know, back in the day, it was always like, oh, well, you need the surgery. You need to go get the, you know, the, the, the stomach stapling surgery. You need, you need to do it. You really don't, you know. You need, to, you, you need to invest in your future as you do with your 401K, with, with your finances. You know, you need to invest internally in yourself. And that is, you know, whether it's us or anybody else or anywhere or just getting outside and walking for half an hour a day, just as a start, just getting to understand that switch of the mind. That's why we always train your mind, change your body. Get yourself in that zone. And, you know, in, in, in providing a space for people to come in and do the exercise, maneuver, socialize, get to know each other, get to know a team, that provides a almost like an open door. And, and, and people become, you know, they're a lot more, it's a lot more welcoming of an idea for them. And, and I think overall, we need to create more places like this to have people come in, to have people be able to gather with others and, 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 and enjoy a workout setting, you know, and, and not be intimidated and have a good time and then slowly start to understand how to make changes. Right. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that this is unquestionably the best program in wellness you could ever imagine or conceive, right? And I know that. I know that because I put myself to the test. Um, and then it makes me start looking at other people who who fall into specific categories, right? I work out every morning with a bunch of guys. One of them is hardworking but has a belly. And every morning when we start talking, he said what he ate, where he was taken out to dinner, what he was drinking. And, and he's working to minimize the, the negative effect of a bad diet. But he's working out every single day. <laughs> and point. if I said to him, you know, just, just do the metabolic reset, get into this, the guy would be so transformed because he has that foundation right. of exercise. Right? That's right. And then we look at these unfortunate people who are morbidly obese, these people who are 300 pounds. They feel like they've given up. They feel yeah. like they've got no chance, right? I think you have to be able to motivate these people and and... And obviously, they're on medication. Oh, yeah. They're in this, this negative feedback loop where the commonest consequence of obesity is, is joint disease. Yeah. And they're telling you they cannot move because their joints are damaged because of the obesity. And there has to be a way in which we, together with the medical profession, recognizes that functional medicine is the only way to reestablish some good mental attitudes Completely to agree. getting people doing yeah. doing this. So so we need to reach the medical profession. Laurie sent a very important document out uh, to us this past week yeah. stating that, that CMS has has made functional training a CPT level three code, which means that they're measuring the ability to to impact on on the population at large, and if they see enough traction, they will make it a level one, which means it's now again going to be reimbursed by insurance companies. Yeah. That's a step in the right direction. Absolutely, you've got to get into that. Uh, uh, into that, you've got to start billing at, at, a, at the codes and using the using the CPT code. So, so there's a lot sort of that's in its nascent phase, in, yeah. the, in its in its birth of where this is going to transform this American obesity. Yeah. And and you know you and have we're to, here to push the button. You got to push the button. <laughs> you know we're not afraid to press. I'm you a know? believer. You know. Yeah, and 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 it's uh, it's it's important. You know when we have doctors like yourself and you know other doctors that I won't mention, who come in, sit down with us, speak with us, and are on the same page. You know it it's you know it it we need more of that to help transform the old way of thinking with a lot of physicians because I think a lot of them are still stuck in a very old form. It's not their fault. It, it, this isn't like, you know, it's just, it's now companies like us have to show the data over time to say, hey, look, 
you know, there is a different way of looking at this and it works, you know, and if we collectively come together, like there's a lot of real changes that can be made here. And I think that's where, you know, all, all of our focuses are at this point. Yeah, I think I think so much is is now starting to become enlightening about the mind body connection. Yeah. Um, uh, and and medical schools are really not the repository of of what's currently best practices. They're teaching on a on a syllabus that that has been antiquated. Uh, it is not organic. I, I think that that a graduating medical student does really not understand the importance of functional medicine At and, all, yeah. and and what it does to population health. Fortunately, there are healthcare leaders today who do understand that. Yeah. And are prepared to make it part of their sort of population health curriculum. Yeah, uh, that's all we need. <laughs> yeah, and I think this podcast, this getting out there, the ability to evangelize all of those thought leaders and and uh, influences, uh, is an important thing because I am completely invested in this. Now, mm. I'm a surgeon. I'm not an internist. I don't treat high blood pressure um, and diabetes. Uh, I'm. You know, I'm a, I'm a mechanist. I do mechanical things, which is what surgery is all about. Uh, but I understand that that the body as a functioning organism is 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 very much controlled by by the brain and how one how one interprets what's happening in their body and how you think through certain things. And this is all part of your training program, right? I want to really get into a uh, fun subject with you now. Uh, you know, and this is something that I'm passionate about. Um, I truly believe that if we pay enough attention to different types of neurological training, that we can help a lot of disorders as you get older, like Parkinson's, um, like uh, Alzheimer's, you know, and and I, I do believe that if we can properly stimulate the mind and, and through exercise and have, you know, be able to understand the neurological responses when you do specific exercises in a specific manner, whether it be cross-training, bodybuilding, yoga, Pilates, mixture of all of them. And the more we understand about the functioning mechanism of ligaments, joints, tendons, nerves, muscles and how they all work together what muscles help stabilize your spine you know we don't pay enough attention to spine health in this country at all like training is all about how can i make my shoulders look or my chest look it's like uh how about let's get your spine healthy you know like and and i know this is something you and i talk a lot about um but i want to know your take on this i also I, i i have a patient who has a um, neurological disorder, a rare one that she, you know, she, she gets treatments for. And she was telling me the other day, this is something I'd never heard of. She goes in for this test, and I forgot the name of the test, where they, where they zap certain areas of her body to look at what kind of muscular response they get from the nerves and see if the nerves are still working. That was like a wow for me because I'm like, wait, like, why can't we do things like that from a preventative standpoint on people that are healthy to give us information of what could be like, instead of like seeing if, you know, just somebody who has a, an an issue and, and, and how their body is responding or not responding, we can actually collect data if we took a hundred healthy people, thousand healthy people did this kind of test and saw comparisons of how their nerves, muscles respond to different nerve stimulations. Like, (laughs) so it's a lot to unpack. (laughs) That's my crazy brain, you know? (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to uh, figure out what test she was having, but listening to, to this scenario, it seems like the person has some kind of muscular dystrophy. Yes. And, 
and electromyography measures electromyography. Which, she which, just texted me. Which, <laughs> which, which muscles nice are impacted? <laughs> it's almost like you have training. I texted her as well. I'm like, what's the name of this thing? <laughs> yeah. So, so what electromyography is is looking at which muscles are most affected by this condition, right? So, so different mus muscular disorders affect different different uh, types of muscles. Um, there are certain muscular disorders that affect the tiny muscles, like your eye muscles and your eyelid muscles, your facial muscles. Uh, there are other muscular disorders that affect the core muscles. And myography assesses which muscles are most affected and then gives you a baseline and a platform upon which to try and improve those things. It also is a little bit of a prognostic uh, issue in that you can now have a, you have a zero moment in time and you can see what the decay is like when you test it six months or a year later. Mm. Which, which would also allow you the opportunity to see the impact of functional training has. Yeah. But I want to go back on this note to a very important story that Laurie once told, which is probably why she got into functional medicine, right? And that, that yeah. she would do house calls as an occupational therapist for people with muscular, uh, um, uh, with MS. MS, right? yeah. And, and she'd walk in and because these people couldn't reach into their, cupboards for food they'd leave it out on the table she'd see what they were eating and she said how can i work with you to improve your muscles when you're not eating properly so she realized the relationship necessary to get people to eat properly so that she could improve their muscles so yeah. everything is part of this pyramid of we've got to set the baseline which is what you're putting into your body we then have to work on the muscles that need the most work and this becomes your your system that, that everybody in your organization now aspires to, and I think she sets the tone for that. Absolutely. So, so you know, again, it all gets back to what you put <clears throat> into your body is important. Ronnie yesterday showed me uh, his, his uh, food um, immune system response, mm -hmm. and he asked me, what does it mean? And I don't exactly know what it means, <laughs> but I'll tell you how I interpret it, right? So, so if That's one, a cool test. Yeah, so he showed me w all the food, groups and then the sub yeah. sensitivities and he said well what does that mean and i said well it appears that certain foods will stimulate your immune system that will be able to or will negatively increase the inflammatory response and if we then look at what inflammation does to your coronary arteries to your brain to all of these things if over the lifespan of your eating habits, you eat less of those things that peak in your inflammatory testing, you will less likely have, your exposure to chronic illnesses will be less likely. Now, if you're testing an 85-year-old person whose life expectancy is you know, right. limited, there's not much you can do. But if you test kids, right. you'll be able to say, we should not be giving these foodstuffs. And some of them are... are, are are, are obvious, um, the kind of candies, things that you would right. imagine that will sure. in initiate it, but some of them are not, you know, and, uh, and I think this is an important thing. We are going to see that what you put into your body is going to have a positive or negative impact on your life risk of, of increasing the level of, of inflammation. We don't understand everything, yeah. but we're beginning to peel peel the uh, the layers of this onion away. We're finally asking the right questions. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and that's that's what's happening. This is what this whole wellness movement is about, you know. For the first time, we're not just going, oh, you have high cholesterol, here's a statin. Well, we're going, why do you have high cholesterol? What does high cholesterol mean in you? Because if it's caused by X, it's really not a big worry at all. But if it's caused by Y, it could be a huge worry. Exactly. So that number is no longer just, oh, it's high, you should do this. We're starting to look at why is it high? Is high in your body okay and maybe not in his body? And, you know, when we start asking the, and this is what functional medicine is, right? Figuring out the root cause. And, you know, we, we keep using this word functional medicine, by the way. I just want to clarify for everybody. Functional medicine, to me, is the gray area between traditional medicine and holistic medicine, okay? It, it, it provides a space that allows you to take the proper necessities with modern medicine and medication if there is something there and needed in order to normalize what's happening. But 
in the meantime, it has a very in-depth questionnaire and understanding of while we control this environment because of where you are today, let's figure out why it was caused in the first place and then slowly wean off that control that you're on now and get rid of it for good. Mm. I mean, that is... It's almost like so logical. Like, why aren't we looking? At, why haven't we doing this for decades now? But whatever. Here we are. And and you know. And one of the things that is really good is you know, twenty years ago we didn't have DNA tests. Well, we we did, but it wasn't as prominent as it is on a day to day basis with with people now. We didn't have these same food sensitivity tests. We didn't have the proper gut gut biome tests. Like we didn't have a lot of these things to be able to measure all of the things that we're now looking for. Um, now we do. Now we can look for things. Um, I think people are more interested in it as well. I think. There's been a recent surge of people wanting to kind of understand their body more and like take that more like holistic approach. But I think a lot of people think it's like quackery because they don't truly understand like that middle ground that you're talking about, almost yeah. like that bridge between traditional Western medicine and and more like holistic. Yeah, so. but, but I think you're selling a little short though, mm -hmm. um, because you talk about the middle ground between between allopathic medicine and and holistic medicine. Well, firstly, a lot of what we believe to be true in allopathic medicine is based upon statistics in large population studies where drugs are being uh, prescribed because there was a very, very small difference in the response of that versus a placebo, and they, they are cloaking that in, in, in good scientific sort of background <laughs> by, by physicians who, who have a reputation. And I think that, that functional medicine has looked at what patients experience in the mind-body continuum. Mm. And now, now allopathic science is trying to backfill that information, knowing that there are patients who have come to them for years saying, when I cut out certain foodstuffs, I feel better for my Crohn's disease. And because conventional science could not prove it, you are in that space where your food allergy testing will be able to make an obvious yeah, uh, a correlation. conclusion. Absolutely. And and you cannot keep pooing something where people tell you they're feeling better when they do certain things. Yeah. And it's not so much about here's the drug that is going to help you with this. It's more about what we're taking out of your diet that's bad for you. Exactly. So in other words, like <clears throat> a lack of evidence doesn't mean that the evidence is lacking in a way? Exactly. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> so everybody must open their mind to this. I think that, that the healthy mind and the healthy body is... is is so sort of rudimentary to this and and you got to start focusing on people who do not subscribe to that thinking and start being able to help them and i think unfortunately the point in time where where this happens is in the doctor's office yeah. and if you don't have somebody who who as a physician is open-minded about this and understands how valuable this can be you have to focus on educating doctors just to make like an analogy uh, Gary, where do you see sort of this transpiring? Like if this was a baseball game, nine inning game, what inning are we in in terms of functional medicine and the awareness and the adaptability to put it on a sort of a large scale? Like what inning would this be in? Oh, I'd say... First inning, bottom for, of the first? Well, well, in terms of the science, mm. I, think, I think we're in the pregame show. Mm -hmm. I think that that where we where we can get to very quickly because of the massive um, knowledge base in 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 genetics now in 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 testing it'll be a very steep learning curve and 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 allopathic medicine will catch up um there is there's no question if you look and and where <clears throat> we can focus and where it's important is that there are companies that self-insure a very large population of employees yep and we realize that if you focus on the overall health of your unit of employment by, by doing this, there's not, no better way, right? Mm. There's no better way. You can't give a drug. You cannot write a prescription for we need to fix your, your company's wellness. You need to have people like your organization that embeds themselves into the fabric of the organization that says let's slowly 
educate our people. And then it's not just the employee, it's the employee's families. It's, it then becomes sort of a, 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 a binary thing, you know, and, and it'll, it'll, it'll work. The people at the, at the, in the leadership of our organization get this completely. We, I work for yeah. a self-insured uh, yeah. organization. You guys and, definitely get this. And we've got to make it happen. Yeah. We've got to make it happen. Right. Big organizations, big healthcare insurance organizations are doing it for their employees. So why aren't they doing it for their covered lives? Mm. Right. I w- you know, so Aetna, for example, knows that their employees need to, to be healthier. They're employing functional medicine or, or wellness programs for their employees. Yeah. They need to be able to translate that into the covered lives of people who are paying for Aetna's healthcare services. And I think this will slowly change. No, I, and you hit it on the head, and that's kind of where we're headed, you know, and, and that's our outlook here in Helix and June because that, to me, that, that's the doorway. You know, because that's where you can get a large population and show that, hey, we just made 5,000 of you healthier in two years. And here's all the numbers you're looking for, both internally from a medicine standpoint and financially from a cost standpoint that, you know, the company can look at and go, wow. Yeah, absolutely. That's how you get their attention. Yeah. So so I first saw this entity um, in a South African insurance company. Yeah. A healthcare insurance company, where they started giving, they, they, um, it was this Discovery Health, mm-hmm. um, and they gave credit cards to their, to their people who, their subscribers, and every time they went to a gym, they would get a credit, and it started allowing them to get reductions in their premiums as well as getting miles. My hmm. sis, my sister, who's a marathon runner, Julie. Um, and and goes to the gym every day, has has had multiple international flight upgrades through Discovery Health because of her fitness behavior. Wow. But the point that I'm making is that there's somebody who is has always had that mindset, and she's simply exploiting it for financial gain. <laughs> <laughs> what you what you have to be able to do is is convert the people who do not yeah buy into that yet. Yeah. And, and that's what it's all about. That's so the challenge, is, yeah. It's, it's, it's um, um, behavioral economics, right? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what it is, yeah. yeah. So, excellent. Um, on that note, uh, I, we are going to stop now, and I wanted to thank you again for coming on this show. It's always a pleasure having you on, and... Um, a uh, big thanks to John, and you know you can check us out at uh, helixandgene.com. Uh, John will fill you in on our Instagram and yeah, Instagram at helixandgene. Yeah, and and you know take a, take a look at what we do. If you need any help or any questions, call us. But you know more than anything, it's do some homework. And you know our our message to everybody is do some research and and do some homework and and see you know, the changes that you can make to empower yourself to live a better life. And that's really what it's all about. So, Doc, thank you so much for coming. Um, and I uh, can't wait to do the third version of this. Yeah. <laughs> and congrats uh, on that victory, by I, the way. Thank you. I, uh, we, we're speaking to a champ now. <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys because, uh, you know, I, uh, I couldn't be where I am without a, a long relationship with you, Sam. And the people that you tend to surround yourself with are just, you know, fantastic people that that uh, I enjoy listening to and, and communicating with. And I'm sure that that there are a lot more people who who should benefit from this. And I just want to be part of helping you spread the word. Appreciate it very much, Doc. Thank um, you. Thank you, guys. <laughs>